Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska Baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawks Field at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Welcome back. Hour number two here on Herd Out Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers Ayo. here with me as well. I want to tell you about our friends at Big Brothers Big Sisters. It is their mission to support one-to-one mentoring relationships that ignite the pro- power and promise of youth. Go to MentorOmaha.org to sign up to become a big. You can also go to MentorOmaha.org if you want to donate money or tickets to events for already matched bigs and littles. And uh, you can be a part of their organization that way as well. That's MentorOmaha.org. So I I think what we're going to do here, Andrew and I have come up with an evil plan or a master plan, (laughs) one of the other two. I'm not sure. I think it's a terrific idea, though. So we're going to come up with, and maybe we can push this out on on the Herd at Socials, too. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll we'll throw it together. We'll see, you know, it's, it's just a little social media company. I don't know what's going on there. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> Is that what we do? I, sometimes. <laughs> we do lots of stuff. Um, we're going to put together our ideal flag football team. To see in the Olympics. To see in the Olympics with current NFL players because they haven't told us no yet on that. Uh, so I'm thinking we'll go, we'll do one of those those $5, $4, $3, $2, $1. Yeah, the, the things you see on social media. Yes. And will you get a quarterback, two running backs? Let's do quarterback, running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. Quarterback, running back, two wide receivers, tight end. Okay, yeah. yeah. So those are your five so, spots. Yeah, five, four, three, two, one. $15. Mm-hmm. So we'll come up with that during the break here. We're just doing this on the fly. I didn't know it was going to go this direction, <laughs> but we'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Um, and we'll have a good time figuring out who. Because, I mean, I, where do you think? You think Kyler Murray is like a $3 player? No, lower. Okay, I, w- okay. I would say Kyler Murray is probably your $1, one or $2 quarterback. quarterback. Okay, cool. I, as long as we're would, on the same page. Would was, you add any Raiders to it, like maybe a Myers? or? I mean, Devontae Adams could maybe Devontae. be one of the, the Devontae wide receivers. Devontae Adams would be a good wide receiver. Um, I don't think Jimmy G is going to make the cut. Josh no. Jacobs could be a running back yeah. on the list. Yeah, I don't see. I don't know if his running style is super conducive to flag football, but he could make the list mm-hmm. probably. Um, you know, but see, that's how we'll structure it yes. too. Like, would you like put a Christian mirror? McCaffrey? He'll be your a five dollar running, running back. back. Yeah. Right? Would Absolutely. you put a mirror in there? Abdullah. He actually would have a really good skill set for it. He would. Um, he'd I have to be a one dollar player. Yeah. He'd he'd be at the bottom of the list probably. But, but he but. he could be that guy that you just pick up that nobody else picked up. Yeah. He could be your your mm-hmm. he could be your free agent, your waiver wire guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Waiver wire. Yeah. If <laughs> we're doing a, we're doing a little fantasy draft. <laughs> He's here. fifty cents. Yeah. He's the yeah. You could do. We could have a quarter player too. Just you got to fill the roster a little bit. Um. So, Christian McCaffrey, that's your $5 running back. I'm thinking like a Tyreek Hill is a $5 type wide receiver. We'll figure this out. We're going to get this together. We'll see if we can throw it up on social. Uh, We'll have a good time with that. Um, Interesting stat I saw on Twitter, just random. There there is a – this is a complete list of college football teams this year who have rushed for at least 1,200 yards and held opponents to under 500 yards total rushing. A complete list. A complete list. Would you like to guess how many – are on that are list? on the list. I'll say three. Two. You're very close. <sighs> wow. Okay, so 1,200 1,200 rushing, rushing yards gained, mm-hmm. held opponents to under 500 rushing Now, yards. are these teams that are, like, off the beaten path, or are they, like, top 25 teams? Um, these would not be top 25 okay, teams. So then I'm not even going to try to guess. No. <laughs> so one of them is your Nebraska Cornhuskers. Okay. The other one 
the Air Force Falcons. Yep. See, I knew one had service to be a service academy, <laughs> service uh, school. I'm su- but the 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 rushing defense for the service school, like good on you, Air Force. Mm-hmm. Oh well yeah, well done there. Appreciate that for sure. Little Navy like of last year. Listen, I love I love me a little bit of Navy football. Hey, I, I'm telling you what, man. Every uh, service academy better exceed in defense because I, what do yes. they do when they are out of school? They defend. They <laughs> <laughs> so <I> they better <laughs> lead the country in defense. <laughs> I'm not sure those are direct correlations of skill sets. Oh, it's not? <laughs> That's not how that works? Yeah, defending like an ocean versus defending a spread offense is a little different. I don't know, man. I don't know. Kirby Smart is that big wave that you see on the Ooh, water. I don't know about that. I don't <laughs> Can you imagine Air Force against Georgia? My goodness. Oh, that would be ugly for everyone involved. Nobody wants that. Um, for Georgia. Yeah, don't want to get embarrassed by the Air Force Academy. They're (laughs) the goats. You got to watch out. (laughs) No, excuse me. They're the Falcons, not the goats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) that I can't help myself sometimes. Uh, Wanted to switch gears a little bit here to uh, baseball playoffs. Andrew, I know you're a big baseball guy. What what have we been? What have your thoughts been so far? What's been going on? Kind of weird, you know. Wild card weekend went exactly as I pictured it would have gone. Even with all the sweeps? Even, well. Because that was a little weird. The, the sweeps were weird, yeah. but I meant the teams that sure, came that, out. Okay, sure. Uh, were, was exactly how I thought it was going to go. As for the games on, was it, what is today, Tuesday? Today is Tuesday. I'm all thrown off. <laughs> as for the games that happened Day one of the DS rounds yeah, and day so two of the DS. Saturday. Right? Yeah, because Thursday and Friday were dark because everybody swept. In Blew the my mind that uh, the Braves got shut out in game one. Yeah. Blew my mind that the Dodgers lost like 11-2. to two Yeah, I got smoked. In game one. Blew my mind. Um, was it the Twins that? Twins lost game one. They won they, game two. So they split. Okay. So I was thinking about yesterday. And then it was... The Rangers, the Rangers are up 2-0 on the Orioles. That's insane to me yeah. as well. Now, the Rangers have always been a well-put-together team. Yes. Um, and, and we knew that coming in. Um, but as for what what we're seeing from these teams, like the Braves came back and won last Yeah, but night. The, the Dodgers lost again, so all of a sudden right. they're in an 0-2 hole against the Diamondbacks who they beat by like 16 games in the West <laughs> this year. And that's what happened to them last year. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just kind of want to nitpick one thing that I saw at the end of that Phillies Braves game, and it and it just shows how important the little details are mm-hmm. in sports. No matter what sport you yeah. play, if you do the little things right, more times than not, it'll pay off in the end. And more often than not, you'll do the big things right too. So, get a runner on first, one out. Castellanos at the dish. Hits one to right center field. Michael Harris makes a great play at the fence. Okay. Where the play went wrong, though, was Bryce Harper was already rounding second base. Mm -hmm. So when that ball was caught, he was probably three steps toward third. Sure. Then he was closer to first. Mm -hmm. And I just sat back and, and, you know, it's easy to pick on him because he got doubled up on the play and – Guys, let, let's not forget, too, that Michael Harris missed his cutoff, man. Mm-hmm. Missed them both. Austin Riley backed it up and still got Harper out at first. Mm-hmm. That's how far off Harper was. But the way that you're s- supposed to run that is 
you can either stand on second base mm-hmm. and, you know, lean toward third because worst case scenario, you just run back to first, yeah. right? Yeah. Full speed. You don't have to worry about rounding, touching the base, getting back to yeah. first. You're nearly at second base. Or you play a little bit off uh, on the first base to second base line mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe start to um, kind of like toe tap it, right? You load, load, load. He misses it, then run. Yeah. The reason that you you do that little thing right, and, and, and you still probably score, mm-hmm. because that ball has to hit perfectly off the fence. Michael Harris is jumping into the fence. Yeah. That Which ball has to hit perfectly out of the fence to, to go the, to, yeah. is it Rosario and right? Is mm-hmm. that who plays right yeah, field yeah. for the Braves? To, to get to Eddie Rosario. Mm-hmm. Even if that happens, Harper's probably rounding third and going home. Yeah, decent chance he scores anyway. Right. So it's the risk-reward of what he's doing there. Or doesn't make sense. that ball isn't caught, right, mm-hmm. and you end up at third yeah, with one out. Yeah. And so now you have a sack fly, you have a ball in play to the right side, okay. whatever. Ground out, y- yeah. Y- you score a run, mm-hmm. but you extend the ball game. But instead, now, it, it kind of was like – you, you saw it coming. Mm-hmm. Like when the Braves came back, you kind of saw that the Phillies kind of like swallowed it all. Yeah. Um, and here we're about to watch it again. <laughs> Austin Riley smacking a home run in the eighth. Uh, but that's why you you focus on doing the little things right in sports, and that's why I also think too. After listening to the Huskers, um, that like Matt Rule in the post game, mm-hmm. um, and the announcers throughout the games this season, that's why I think it's critical that they're you know attacking, being penalized right now. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and. In order to set your team up for success, you have to do those little things right. Mm-hmm. Like a false start happens, right? Yeah. An unsportsmanlike conduct penalty happens. Like you get into the emotions of the game, the heat of the game, and boom, you know, it may go sideways, but you collect yourself. But you can't have that happen repetitively yeah. through, throughout games, and that's why you stress those things, especially if you are at the level, the skill level that the Huskers are at right now. You're not Georgia. No. You can't afford right. the mistakes. You're not your margin of error. Michigan. Your margin of error is very thin. To get a win, you nearly have to be perfect. Yeah, you have to in the little things. Yes. Yeah. Your margin of error is not big enough with your talent that you can afford those types of mistakes and still expect to win on a regular basis. Now, obviously they got the win against Illinois. But it was ugly. It was ugly for sure. And and what did you know, what did our friend Tom just say though? Hey, take an ugly win over a pretty loss, right? totally understand that and I've said this Nebraska hasn't earned the right to win pretty yet they've that's that's not on the table for them yet now you can win cleaner Mm -hmm. you can win cleaner for sure because there's a difference between ugly and sloppy too Nebraska's win against Illinois was both ugly and sloppy right but if they can clean up if they can win clean and ugly I think Nebraska lives with that and is plenty happy with it right sure because just from a, hey, the quarterback play is probably not where they want it to be. Obviously, they, you know, I was kind of going through the list in my head the other day, right? So, starting quarterback is out. Whether Harburg's better than Sims, like, that's totally up for debate, and that's a valid discussion. Side note, Harburg is one of only 12 players in the country mm-hmm. with 600-plus passing yards and 300-plus yards rushing. Yeah, like, I, I think he's been good, right? Certainly much better than we expected. Because we had no idea what to expect. He's been better than Jeff Sims. He has been better than Jeff Sims. Is he the better quarterback overall? I don't know. I'd say yes. He's probably who I'd keep with going forward. But 
so the guy you thought was going to be your starting quarterback is out, whether that's a blessing in disguise or not, right? He's out. Your top two running backs are out, even though you think Anthony Grant's probably your most talented running back. At the very least, two of your top three running backs are out. You've lost from fall camp three of your top four wide receivers right now because Betts leaves the mm-hmm. team. Isaiah Washington is Garcia hurt. Isaiah is, 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 is injured for the year. Washington's hurt now. Three of your top four wide receivers are gone. The only guy you have left is Billy Kemp, right? You're dealing with true oh, freshman on the field. True freshman on the field at wide receiver. You're dealing with, uh, you know, Teddy Prochaska probably not to the point where they were hoping he'd be at this point. You're dealing with some guys getting banged up a little bit on the offensive line going in. Your now. running backs are depleted. Yeah, running backs are depe- depleted with two of your top three guys gone. You know, Anthony Grant gets banged up for a and second. And you're still three and three. Yeah, and, and you, you still manage to be three and three. So just from all those things that I laid out there, right, like it's going to be ugly. You don't have a choice for it to not be ugly. It, well, and, you know. Right? But you do have a choice for it not to be sloppy. The Big Ten West is just ugly. Yeah, it's ugly like, football. Let's just admit yeah. it. It's not football that you're sitting down on your couch and you're thinking, I'm going to see fest. 45 points today Yeah, from is, one team. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe Michigan. Maybe not even right? both Maybe teams. Michigan, <laughs> Nebraska, right? That's the only time we, we got close to it. But, I mean, let's be honest. Most of the over-unders in these uh, Big Ten West games are under 45. Mm-hmm. I mean, the num- like you're getting a lot of high 30s numbers on these why Big Ten West think, games. Why do you think Michigan, Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin – is set at 36 and a half. There's a reason for that. Yeah, because neither, like, I mean, especially Iowa can't score. They think with the defense against Wisconsin, they'll hold Wisconsin in check. Because Wisconsin scored a little bit some this year mm-hmm. as they've tried to modernize their offense like Tom was talking about. Um, you know, they've scored over 33 uh, times this year. Obviously, they've got the loss to Washington State where they only get 22 points. They have the win against Rutgers where they only get 24 points. But Rutgers kind of plays like a Big Ten West team where they want to ugly that thing up. Right. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of Iowa in Rutgers. You know what I mean? Like that's the brand of football. And so like Nebraska's it's OK for Nebraska to play that brand of football. Right. But the difference between an Iowa and a Nebraska right now is Iowa plays clean and ugly. Nebraska's playing sloppy and ugly. If Nebraska can get to clean and ugly. Mm hmm. Easy six seven wins on the season. You're four and two if Easy. you played clean and ugly. Absolutely this year. right. You're four and two. You beat Minnesota. No questions asked. Right. I'm not going to re-legislate the the Colorado game because how far out of hand it got. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, take the loss to Colorado. Absolutely, they played great in the second half. Sure. Minnesota's for sure a win if you play clean and ugly rather than sloppy and ugly. And to me, that needs to be the goal moving forward. Like in the bye week, I wouldn't try and like revolutionize the offense or like get Harburg as comfortable as possible. But more than anything else, just get clean. Well, I'll tell you what, too. It, it's it's really, it's really going to pay off in the long run the way Nebraska's offense is looking at this point in mm-hmm. the year when they go out and recruit for not only more for next year's class but classes after that mm-hmm. or even the transfer portal because you're – you now know what you want your offense to look like. You mm-hmm. want that quarterback run element, mm-hmm. right? With Jeff Sims, you thought you had it going in. Sure. Fans thought you yeah. had it. The coaching staff said, no, we're going to throw it more than we're actually going to have designed runs for him. Yeah. Now with Harburg, it's like, no. Designed like, runs. It's yeah. designed runs, right? We're, we're either giving it to Grant if um, he doesn't fumble the ball backwards one yard and <laughs> cause me to lose my bet, or um, you give it to Harburg, yeah. who can run. 20 yards yeah. and, and not be afraid to take a big hit, yeah. to take a shot, to dive forward. Kind of seems like he looks forward to it a little bit. Right. So <laughs> uh, 
you can find, and, and this isn't a knock on Heinrich Harburg because he's a, he's a good football player, but he, you can find somebody that is even more highly touted or highly recruited than Harburg to play that position mm-hmm. and run the offense just like that. And if it yeah. works and you get to a bowl game and now these kids, I say kids, these high school kids, yeah. uh, see the magic starting to happen at mm-hmm. Nebraska, you're going to get that guy that, you know, he may not be 10 steps above Heinrich Harburg, but he may be two. Yeah. And then, okay, now you have this guy that's two steps above, and and this is across all all positions. Like right. This isn't just yeah. quarterback. I, I'm just using the quarterback as an example. Sure. Then, you know, maybe a year or two down the road, you get a guy that's two steps ahead of that guy. Yeah, now all and, of a sudden you're four steps ahead of where you were. And I think that's incremental, right? Well, and I think that's why Coach Rule preaches patience. Mm -hmm. He doesn't just say patience to the Husker fans and like, you know, doesn't also recognize that games have been ugly. Yeah. He he's saying patience because, you know, you don't eat a full pizza in one sitting. At least I don't. (laughs) Most people don't. Right. Try not to. Right. You, you, You have, you know, your fill. Yeah. And then you have a little bit more later. And you have a little bit more until it's over, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, you get a new pe- – same thing. But you don't ever just eat it all at one time. You, you slowly get through it. Mm-hmm. And so wh- when I hear him talk about patience, I want people to avoid jumping to the, well, we're 3-3, three and three, and uh, oh, my gosh, now we have to get to a bowl game. Now we have to – because we're 500 now. We, we just have to get there because <laughs> we, we, we're – he's not saying you have to be patient in that thought. Yeah. Right? But he's, he's telling you to be patient in – how the process is developing mm-hmm. oh my gosh. and how you get from point A to point B. Yeah. You don't give somebody eight years and expect them to get it done in one. Right. Yeah. And, well, you would hope that they take strides at yes. year two and three. You want to see progress the whole right. time, right? But in year one, you, you can't expect to be at the finish line. Yes. And, and for me, you know, I know there's this because it's, it's like you were kind of talking about. There, it's patience in the recruiting and the, the implemental. You know, you talk about implemental progress or incremental progress in terms of wins and what the football team looks like and all this but it's in recruiting too right Mm -hmm. you know I know everybody kind of got obsessed with this idea of getting Dylan Rayola right Mm -hmm. like over the summer before he committed to Georgia and that would have been theoretically a guy because I mean we don't know what he's going to look like on a college football field yet right but theoretically a guy who would be that 10 steps ahead of Harburg or eight steps ahead of Jeff Sims or whatever the number is which whatever quarterback right but generally you don't see a a a place like Nebraska who is not currently winning at a high level, right? Go from hey, we've got a this level quarterback with Heinrich Harburg. Now all of a sudden we've got an NFL guy in Dylan Rayola. You usually don't see it overnight that way. Sometimes a big time at uh, programs that are winning at a big time level, you sometimes see that jump from year to year, and you see that huge improvement. You're like, hey, we finally got our guy. We're ready to go. But generally, whether it's on the offensive line, you take, hey, let's take two steps forward. Let's not worry about scoring on this play. Let's take two steps forward. Let's not worry about taking it to the house on, uh, in year one. Let's get two steps forward. And if you keep, t- keep, keep taking those two steps forward, you're going to end up two, three years down the line with a dramatically better football team from top to bottom. And so I, I, get, I am curious, though, because you mentioned the kind of the different offense versus, with Harburg versus Sims. I do think long-term they probably want to run a little bit more of the Sims-style offense with the running quarterback, but less dependent on the quarterback mm-hmm. run. 
And I think that's the goal long term. Well, because that's what works in college football. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you have a guy that can spread it around a little bit, but also mobile. Like two years ago when Navy's running every play. Yeah. Right? When I say running, like running. Like actually running. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're doing the RPO. Mm-hmm. They're not a top 25 team. No. No. No, no. You just won't be. No. You have to have some semblance. I mean, you have to be effective moving the ball through the air to be a consistently good football team. And even if that's not – Listen, I'm not saying you have to throw 40 times a game or even 30 times a game. Like, look at Michigan. There's a reason Coach Rule brought them up as the model, right? Because they play hard-nosed, run-first defensive football. But, oh, yeah, they also have this five-star quarterback named J.J. McCarthy. Mm -hmm. They also have this quarterback that's probably going to be an NFL draft pick in J.J. McCarthy. That is a totally – that is a total game-changer for them. And that's what we talked about, right? They made that incremental progress from – I can't even remember who was starting before Cade McNamara, but from where they were f- f- four years ago to Cade McNamara. And then they make the incremental progress from Cade McNamara to J.J. McCarthy. And then J.J. McCarthy himself made progress from who he was as a freshman to who he is now as a junior. And all of a sudden, Michigan might be the best team in the country, right? Even at really high levels, you take those tiny steps to get where you want to go. And that's, I mean, that's the sustainable model. That's what kind of excites me about the potential of what coach rules doing is because it is this isn't a flash in the pan thing that's tied to one guy or one quarterback or whatever right it is a sustainable growth model that hopefully hopefully people will be patient for whatever the hell it is (laughs) (laughs) and all that being said though yes you want it you want it to be crisp you want gameplay to be crisp um you 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 want to relax on the turnovers yeah right you, you want to relax on the penalties. Before you get any more talented, you can get cleaner. Mm-hmm. You don't have to play sloppy just because you don't have the talent level you want. right? That is not a prerequisite for having talented guys. Um, before we switch gears here, I believe we've got Cody on the Warhorse Sportsbook hotline. We have still have Cody, Shane? <laughs> right as you asked for that, he picked up the phone for a new caller. <laughs> uh, we might have we lost him. Um, that's okay. We have a little internet. Uh, Cody's still up there. He was still up there. That button there right there. Technology. Nope. I love technology. It's my favorite. Technology. Do we still have Cody, Shane? Yeah, we still got him. All right, let's go to Cody here yeah, on the uh, Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline. Cody, what's going on, man? Oh, not much. I was just so excited to talk to Andrew because it's Christmas today. It's let's go, season. baby. LGB. Go. Is, is tonight the passing of the torch from Sydney to Connor? <laughs> well, I don't. Well, gosh, I mean, what about McDavid? Are we just, like, uh, forgetting we're just, about we're him? forgetting about Connor McDavid? We're not doing that anymore? Nobody can do that. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing Jack Eichel. <laughs> it's the Connor Bedard show now. <laughs> hey, Connor Bedard is special, like, man. How quickly, how quickly did people forget about Taylor Hall? Uh, well, Taylor Hall kind of did that to himself because he really just fell off the map. Um, yeah. But he was a stud in New Jersey, a stud. Yeah, and now he's just. Now he's just Taylor Hall. He just has a first and last yeah. name. <laughs> yeah. No, but dude. No, Connor, Connor McDavid. As long if you, as, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. As long as uh, Bedard doesn't have to go up against Marc-Andre Fleury, he should be all right. Yeah. Well, uh, he, he did way too much on that shootout attempt. Way too much. Yeah. I, I love the little trip Fleury gave him there at the end. Like, welcome to the league, brother. Mm-hmm. And that's Marc-Andre <laughs> Fleury to a T. But uh, Connor Bedard yeah. is—he's he, a revolutionary. Hey, wh- what is the word that generational you like to use? Talent. Generational talent. Yeah, he is a generational talent. He may—he 
he, he may be uh, worth everything that, that comes his way. Every, every word right. you speak, every breath you breathe, Connor Bedard is worth that. Cody, yes. we, Cody, we so, appreciate the call, man. We got to get to a break, bud. I'm sorry. Okay. Right. Appreciate the call. No, Cody, Cody stay. Let's talk <laughs> NHL. Uh, David, hang on the line. We'll get to you coming up next on Hurt Out Sports Radio.